Welcome to the Como Politicast. I'm Jeff Pogela. The nominating conventions are in the books, and the race for the White House, in all earnest, begins now. It's Biden versus Trump. Each of them has given their acceptance speeches, and joining me now to take a look at how each candidate is doing is Republican strategist Randy Peppel and Democratic strategist Kathy Allen. And Randy, let's begin with you and start with a very generic question. What did you think of the president's speech Thursday night? It was to be expected that Donald Trump would spend most of his speech talking about Joe Biden in a negative fashion and claiming positives about himself. But he was far more negative uh, on uh, Vice President Biden than one would expect in a uh, acceptance speech where you are uh, being nominated by your party and it's your opportunity to lay out your vision for how you would govern the next four years. And and uh, Donald Trump decided that the best way to make that argument was to diminish his rival as much as possible which is a rerun of what he did in 2016. Well, it seemed to work in 2016. You think it'll work this time around? I think that he had the advantage in 2016 against uh, of running against a nominee who was more negatively viewed than Joe Biden. And also, he did not have a record uh, to run on in 2016. He ran as an outsider. Now he has a record. And the question is, are there people who voted for Donald Trump in 2016 because they wanted an outsider? going to be dissatisfied with that record and specifically are there people in florida pennsylvania michigan wisconsin uh, arizona north carolina are there people in those states that voted for the president last time that will vote against him this time i think the answer to that is yes are there any people who voted for hillary clinton last time who are going to vote for donald trump this time i have not met that person uh, so I think that's unlikely. So the president's numbers are likely to go down, but we have an electoral college, not a national vote. Uh, and so will they stay high enough in those key swing states I just talked about for him to eke out another victory in the electoral college, even while he loses the national popular vote? As polls indicate, he is going to do so by a wider margin than he did in 2016. Kathy, contrast all of that with Joe Biden's speech last week. Well, I have to tell you, this is the perfect example of I wasn't expecting anything great. I was expecting Joe, just as Joe is always Joe. He's talking and it's not really rhetoric. It's not really, you know, greatness. But it was one of the best speeches I've heard in a long time. And it was uncharacteristically, I think, uh, fresh. It was very different than what I've ever heard him speak before. And I thought it was terrific. I loved it. I thought that it was, in many cases, uh, a good show of strength, of character and voice. His authoritative presence there was pretty darn good. And the same was true with Kamala. I have to say she was the excitement there. It's sort of like, you know, you appoint her and then you better be careful what you wish for because this woman is a sparkle. She does get up and she does know how to speak. From that, I was I was happy. I really was. And I think if there was one word, I would say hope. There was hope there. Hope for me as somebody who's brokenhearted, crying in front of everybody that this didn't happen in 2016. So I was happy. I also loved a lot of the virtual they brought America to us. And that gave me a good feeling, too. I really thought it would be hokey to have people from every state trying to sell me something. But 
No, actually, it was very entertaining. Yeah, you're talking about the uh, roll call of states that the Democrats did. That uh, certainly was visually very interesting and something that you really could only do in a virtual setting. But the one thing that stuck out to me with that Democratic convention is that the message seemed to be moderate, 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 moderate. Joe Biden is a moderate. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I have to say, I've known this guy for such a long time. Actually, when I was training overseas, he would literally be stopping by going to some other kind of big treaty kind of thing. And he was really very personable, very nice, very Joe. But the fact is that when I actually saw him, I thought that he did a great job of giving me hope as well as he gave me this impression that this guy knows what he's talking about. And, you know, every once in a while, I'm thinking of, oh, boy, the gaps he's had. Oh, I hope this is on a tra- on a uh, on some sort of, of a teleprompter. The fact was he was he was authentic as opposed to Trump, which was Trump. I mean, we have such a, a view of Trump that the minute he starts talking, we're rolling old tapes. It's uh, it's part of what we see. But he was fresh. Uh, I thought that Biden was particularly fresh compared to a much more staid and insider now, Donald Trump. And Randy, what do you make of all the high-powered Republicans, the big names, the, the Colin Powells, the John Kasichs, that not only endorsed Joe Biden, but spoke at his convention instead of their own party's convention? I think that that's an indicator that there is a uh, significant chunk of the Republican uh, Party uh, particularly establishment figures who have been around for a while, who are conservative and do not feel that President Trump is a conservative. And they do not uh, want to support someone who stands against their own values. And I think that's where John Kasich was. Colin Powell, on the other hand, has been endorsing Democrats since 2008 for president and speaking at conventions. So, I, you know, he's a military man. I don't think he's a uh, a, a regular Republican, if you will, uh, but he's a military man and he's very distressed by what he sees uh, in the current commander in chief. Uh, those were to be expected. Uh, I think both sides always try to bring out people from the other side at a convention to talk about why they uh, uh, why why they should be elected, why their own party is not up uh, up to the task. And I think that was made easier by the Democrat approach during the convention to just talk about moderate policies and not embrace the full-blown socialism of an AOC uh, or uh, Elizabeth Warren's very prescriptive uh, views on the economy or Bernie Sanders' very expensive views on how big the role of government should be in our lives. As voters listen more to that, and they'll hear it from the Trump campaign between now and, and Election Day, they will have a choice. That's the only chance for Donald Trump to win this election, is to make this about a choice between a vision of America uh, that uh, has law and order and a vision of America that is spending out of control and the streets are out of control. That's the contrast that Donald Trump has to set up so that he can obtain votes from people who are otherwise disgusted by his actions in office, but would be more disgusted by the vision of America that they think they might get from Joe Biden if they believe the Trump campaign. I think that that Joe Biden part, the one thing about it is that more than anything else, Biden is now, I think, 
fighting to make sure the public sees value in him as opposed to just getting rid of Trump. It's easy enough to say, yeah, okay, let's get rid of this guy. But the other part is, is that it's just as important that he has to be able to show that he has a he has a vision himself. Uh, Trump is good at talking vision, but there's not really a future I can I can actually point to that I think he represents. What it is, it's going to be more of the, you know, off the top of your head government. And what's happened in so many cases is that uh, you find that people see and hear Trump, but they actually just hear his what he's done before, which is unpredictable as far as future actions are concerned. And what they really want is stability. Let's face it, right now, the most important word in this country is stability, to be safe where you live, work and actually want to be. The other part about it is that this is going to be reasonable versus radical on both sides. It's going to be both sides are going to be talking about I'm the reasonable. I'm not moderate is a political word for reasonable. Reasonable is what I'm going to be. So if you give me a good argument, I may not be on your side. I'm going to listen. We'll see. All of it is now going to be who has the most convincing. I, I would say not vision, not rhetoric, but who has the most authentic chance at being somebody that you would trust. And I think that both sides will have challenges with that. Uh, but I also believe that this struggle between way left and way right is going to rear its head more often than either one of us would want to see it. And Randy, you mentioned law and order. Certainly that's something that the Trump campaign uh, used in as a theme in 2016. They're trying to use it as a theme now, but he is the incumbent doesn't he own the state of law and order in this country whether it's the protests in portland uh or in kenosha wisconsin or whatever it happens to be he's the incumbent he's owning that but he doesn't have that control remember uh, he says i will provide that control i will provide that law and order but you got to get these democrat governors and democrat mayors to ask me in and the problem is he's setting up the contrast of the Democrats want the violence in the street. It advances their political agenda, as opposed to Donald Trump, who's saying, let me get in there and I'll clean it up. So he doesn't have to own what's going on in Portland. Portland's run by a Democratic mayor, run by a Democratic governor, has been for over 30 years. Uh, the president doesn't own that as the incumbent. And let's face it, the president won't accept responsibility for a whole lot of things that happen in his administration that are under his control. He's certainly not going to accept responsibility for something like this, whether it's, you know, Jenny Durkin allowing a police station to be overtaken and, and part of Capitol Hill to come under the control of protesters. You know, Donald Trump doesn't have to own that. I think he's also got the uh, opportunity uh, to talk around these issues. He's he's very good at bait and switch and just trying to get back to what he wants to talk about. And he certainly is, he's so famous for these Friday announcements that come apart by Monday morning. Uh, I think that, that people see him pretty predictably. What I also think is we can't ignore the fact that this is going to be the largest turnout probably in our history. And no matter what you think, the fact is, is that right now we're not spending a lot of time trying to persuade people one way or the other. What we know is that they're all going to get out and vote. It's a matter of can you get them to vote early because of all of the political manipulation of the post office.
Turning to Joe Biden and, and his campaign, Kathy, uh, certainly the, the theme of moderate is something we've talked about at the convention. He's trying to paint himself as a moderate within the Democratic Party. Is he out of touch with the Democrats, which admittedly have been shifting to the left with the likes of AOC, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, all that? Is he no longer representative of the base? I don't think you call the progressives or the left the actual backbone of the Democratic Party. They are the uh, the outsiders for most of the moderates that we see in the Democratic Party. Most people do not identify with the left as a off to the side, let's keep pushing. AOC is fodder for Republicans to be able to shoot at. And at this point, what we see is enough folks that have said, look, I want some stability now. I don't want to defund the police. I don't want all of this uh, rhetoric you're talking about. And so he's got to be able to, to be that stable dude in the middle that we really can depend upon because he has been a pretty dependable guy. Do you agree with that, Randy? I agree that Joe Biden has a long career in public service uh, and a very respectable one, and he is a good guy. Uh, I don't I don't disagree with you of that. I've had the opportunity to meet him twice. He's a nice guy. Uh, and often in American politics, there's the old who would you rather have a beer with test that uh, is asked by pollsters. And that is often an indicator of who will win the election. And if you ask people who would you rather have a beer with, Joe Biden or Donald Trump, I think we know that Joe Biden wins uh, that contest. However, Joe Biden is no moderate. The definition of the Democrat Party today is that far left that Kathy wants to run away from. Uh, the progressive have jammed the Green New Deal, which is an extremely expensive and extremely ineffective uh, measure for addressing climate change. They've got that on Joe Biden's uh, platform. They are for Medicare for all, as if all of us in our health care decisions have really yearned for the opportunity to go on Medicare. It is an extremely expensive and inefficient policy. That's where the Democratic Party is today. What can we give away? How big can we make government? And how high can we raise taxes to pay for it? That's where they're at nationally. That's where they're at in the state. I mean, you haven't heard a Jay Inslee or a Bob Ferguson or either one of our state senators in Washington step up against the violence. They are all running away from the news as fast as they can, hoping to get by the election without having to admit, by the way, we're going to jack up your taxes as high as they can go next year. I think they're also going to cut more than we've seen in many a year. The fact is, is that I believe that most of these, most of the Democrats I know are going with kind of a heavy shoulder worth of work that's going to have to deal a lot more with uh, cutting budgets than adding to them. If that was true, Kathy, they'd be at work right now in a special session fixing our budget. But instead, the gutless... But Randy, that simply means that they're spending more money and not, not doing anything to reduce the money. breaking the law today by not calling a special session. The Democrats just hope to fool everybody until November and then raise our taxes as soon as they can after that. I'm afraid that's not their M.O. They actually run from anything that has to do with raising rates. They, they do it only when they know it can be a sure thing. 
As far as the presidential election this fall, Randy, you you mentioned the whole who do you want to have a beer with test. As a general rule, presidential elections and really any election for that matter is a binary choice. It's this or that, this person or that person. Is it fair to say that this presidential election is not going to be that choice, but instead a referendum on the incumbent? If Joe Biden has his way, absolutely. He wants this to be a referendum on on what Donald Trump has done, not on what the Democrats might do. I mean, it, it, it's all about we want to be point out all of the bad things that have happened in the last three and a half years, all the things we disagree with. We want to hang that around Donald Trump, and we don't want to admit anything about the big government, big taxes agenda that we have coming for you in 2021 if we're successful. The Trump campaign has to make it a choice. They have to say, you might not like Donald Trump, but do you like these policies or do you like these policies, the socialistic policies of the new Democrat left? And finally, before we wrap up, I'd like to ask you both this question. We're just a couple of months out from the election. Any predictions on what's going to happen? We will have an election. I I think not only we have election, but a whole lot of people go into that election. And we're going to have a whole lot more voting early than ever voted early before. I think that it's going to be a Democratic sweep. I think we take the Senate, we keep the House, and we get Biden. I think that that level of dissatisfaction, and it's the economy stupid, all of these things are still very much at play. And I think that people have more, a sense of their lives get better if Trump gets out of there. And both Kathy and I were wrong in our predictions of 2016. We, we neither one thought that Donald Trump would win that election. And neither one of us think he's going to win this one either. However, uh, Democrats underestimate him at their peril because mm-hmm. Donald Trump will do everything over the next two months to tear Joe Biden down and to align him with the far, far left of the Democrat Party, as opposed to the far left that he's aligned with right now. Uh, And if they are successful in that, Donald Trump can win some of those swing states that he won last time, like Wisconsin, like Michigan, like Pennsylvania. But if this is a choice just about how do you like the policies so so far and what do you think of his handling of COVID, then he'll lose the election. Um, And the one prediction I will make is that I think it's highly unlikely that Joe Biden will be plucking uh, our state's governor off for his cabinet. Uh, The pathetic performance that Jay Inslee has had in managing the COVID crisis in our state and our state's budget have pretty much eliminated him uh, from future consideration, I think, by the Biden uh, administration, if it comes to pass. All right, we'll have to leave it there. And uh, Randy Peppel and Kathy Allen, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. And that'll do it for this episode of the Como Politicast. I'm Jeff Pogelet. Thank you for listening and have a good week.